Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is The Guardian. And we're seeing collateral damage right now with the fact that the entire Australian economy is predicated around interest rates and how it affects the housing sector. I think that tells you more about the problems of the structure of the Australian economy than about the Reserve Bank. Hello, lovely people of podcasts, and welcome to Australian Politics. I'm Catherine Murphy, and with me delightfully are... The bracket creeps. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> or possibly the like, fiscal wow, drags. Like the fiscal drags. Did we ever resolve oh, the band name? The fiscal dragons, I prefer. Dragons. Because like, we talk about inflation dragons. The fiscal dragons. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Oh. The inflation dragons. Looks better on a T-shirt than the bracket creeps. <laughs> I I'm, I'm, the I'm, merch has not really been flying off the shelves there. I, really. I think we, we need to change and inflation dragons. Uh, inflation dragons. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Inflation dragons. Here are the inflation dragons. Now, if you are a regular uh, listener to the show, you will know exactly the... <laughs> What they're, what they're in for. <laughs> exactly. The quality of the banter, which is about to uh, hit your eardrums for the next 30 minutes. If you are a regular, you will know uh, that this is one of our regular economics chats. If this is the first time you're listening to Australian politics, we apologise collectively in advance. And I am just introducing the fact that we are going to talk about the economy for the next 30 minutes or so with my delightful associates, Shane Wright of Nine Newspaper Fame and Fortune. Raw Fortune, wow. And Greg Jericho of Guardian Australia Fame and Australia Institute Fortune. Yeah, that'll do. I think that's (laughs) That's the split. Anyway, if if you've never heard of the Australia Institute, they are a progressive uh, think tank. And Greg, of course, if you're a regular Guardian reader, you will, Greg requires no introduction. Anyway, I astonished these two earlier in the day with something I've never done before. I actually planned this episode. We're both still in shock. Yeah. Um, we can't believe it. We're throwing out the plan. Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> the plan's gone. Gonna, yeah. What I was, was going to say nice try, is but, the know. plan, my plan was, because there are a number of very, very pressing issues, obviously, in the economy and sort of economy-adjacent issues at the moment, which I want to work through, and I actually distilled down to five questions. But Greg has already uh, made it clear that, of course, this will never work and will unravel within a matter of moments. But anyway, let's pretend, chaps, that we can do this in five questions. 
That's so funny. Anyway, let's start. Let's start. Um, The the biggest issue of the moment, the biggest issue of the moment for I think pretty much everybody, unless you are that person who the Prime Minister refers to constantly as having however many millions in their superannuation account. Well, they had 544, but... It's down to somewhere over 400, and that's probably because they've started shelling out some of the cash. Oh, yeah. is sorry, I will get to the question any moment now, but do we actually know who this person is? No. Yeah, that's but it's, it's really clear. What, it's probably old money, oh. very old money oh. to get, and that it, it's going to be shared around um, through a family um, I, I I think like news.com this week had a story saying, oh, we went to Gina Reinhardt. It was never going to be Gina Reinhardt. No, no. Well, she because, wouldn't have all that money tied up in superannuation. No, high net wealth individuals normally spread their money well, across yes. vastly different things. Yes. And so this 544 or 400 million, whatever it is, is clearly an older super account that has been put in place for tax minimisation. Yeah, self-evident. That is the anyway, why it's there. Look, if you are that person, <laughs> ring in, ring, ring in, ring in, get in touch. Uh, we we want to know who you are, and we will get to superannuation. I, I can give my but, bank account details if yeah. they need to make a donation. <laughs> That's fine for charitable purposes. Yeah, yeah look, uh, we're going to start with inflation because it is literally the issue that everybody is concerned about for obvious reasons. Now, I wanted to start a bit weirdly, I guess, with a, a real helicopter question, which is, will inflation hang around for longer than people expect? I just think that's quite an interesting thing to turn around in your mind because, again, just quickly, if you are a regular listener, you will know uh, we are a Gen X trio. We have struggled through the low inflation period <laughs> to, to adjust to that environment, just as we felt as though we we had become familiar and fluent in the low inflation environment, our old friend inflation was back. So anyway, why don't you kick us off, Shane? What do you think? Will inflation hang around for longer than people expect? Is it the bad smell of the Australian <laughs> economy? That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> Well, well, I thought I'd keep it slightly more highbrow than that, but if well, you must. Well, go highbrow but, in this but, podcast. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But yes. <laughs> if, bad if spell the Australian economy yes. and is the Australian economy elevator going up or down? Well, that's right, well. yes. But I, I go to, I was rereading all the uh, statements that uh, Phil Lowe's made. Yes. Over the last uh, the most popular man in Australia to be, yeah. and you get to this point where April last year, when the cash rate was 0.1, their forecast was inflation to come down gently, yep, within the band, which is two to three percent by about mid twenty twenty four. Yep, inflation at that point was three and a half percent. It then went up to five point <laughs> one the next month, and now they're forecasting inflation not back in the band until the second half of twenty twenty five. Yeah. So that means the bank, which couldn't get inflation in the band between 2014 and 2020, uh, is now saying we can't get it back in the band uh, from the other side mm. until later than mid-2025. Mm. That would suggest it's not a temporary problem. Mm. But it's how it's going to hang around and how it manifests itself because, for instance, the increase in interest rates is actually pushing up inflation, the yeah. way inflation's measured. So you've got that little quirk. You've got the fact that we haven't built enough homes. 
So there's not enough rentals. Yeah. We've reopened the borders and people have gone, damn, I want a job in Australia and they're coming in. Yeah. So you've got that aspect to it. And you've still got some of the fallout from uh, Vlad Putin's yes. little invasion mm. and Xi Jinping's internal problems there. So, yeah, it's going to hang around like that that smell. And it's just whether the elevator doors are going to open anytime soon. Mm. Where Greg Jericho picks up the story with his thoughts. Um, I have to admit, a year ago, and for those people who have never listened to us before, don't go back and check and, <laughs> and hear all our <laughs> mistakes. Um, I have to admit, a year ago, I was probably in the, the team temporary camp, but that was purely because that was before um, Ukraine uh, was invaded, and that kind of did throw everything into a bit of a skew if. It's, I, I think the question is... A, a bit like what Shane was saying, yes, inflation is going to hang around, but it's kind of what type of inflation are mm. we mm-hmm. having? And we're recording this on the Tuesday just after the latest interest rate decision. And again, there was mention um, of concerns of a of a wage price spiral, although the Reserve Bank finally has admitted that risk is very much on the low side. Low goes low. Yes. And I don't see inflation being driven by wages anytime soon and that means it's coming either from costs overseas which are sort of a bit difficult to judge because Mm -hmm. some things are going down are they going down as fast as we thought they were maybe three months ago when the US certainly seemed prices there seem to be coming down but maybe not as much now and so it's a case of is it even if it doesn't get down into that two to three percent band is what the Reserve uh, Bank is worried about and how they're going about stopping inflation, is that being done in the right way? I think mm. it's kind of the, the thing I'm more sort of concerned about and worried about um, because if it's inflation that is mostly coming from overseas and is a little bit driven by um, our domestic conditions, well, you know, why are we worrying so much and given that there's no sense of wages, you know, exploding in any any way. I'm a bit uh, hesitant to be as scared of it as Reserve Bank is, if I can put it mm, that way. It's interesting. And Greg's foreshadowed the next question, which is inflation-related that we're going to get to in a tick. But I guess in my head, what prompted me thinking about this, because uh, it's fair to say that my grasp of economics is more conceptual than... <laughs> than my guests. Um, And I was just sort of sitting at my desk thinking there's some really interesting sort of big trends here that potentially fuel inflation. One is the fact that, as Shane alluded to a a couple of minutes ago, China, right, the role of China, if we sort of think about that whole low inflation period that we were talking about a second ago, the one that we only just adjusted to before it was gone, um, China was sort of like this global deflationary force right, for years, like sort Mm -hmm. of, and that's no longer the case for a bunch of reasons. So I've got that in my head. The other thing I've got in my head is sort of how the pandemic has kind of killed comparative advantage as an idea, or at least kind of put it on pause, because now it's sort of like, it's quite interesting, actually, if you listen to sort of political leaders all around the world, everybody's talking about, you know, once upon a time we did things in parts of the world 
sort of in a globalised economy where it was most efficient to do them, right? And then we all kind of trade amongst ourselves. The pandemic has sort of killed supply chains and now everyone's talking about, oh, well, we need to be sovereign, we need to bring supply chains back on shore. And it's sort of in my head that's, well, what does that do to prices? I mean, it's I totally get the rationale, but what does it do to prices? Look, so, you've, you've traversed Marx, Adam Smith and David Ricardo. Oh, like, all in one go. Oh, I love it. Well, you're, more than, you're more than conceptual. It's, Come on. It's con- well, that's what prompted the question. So anyway. Yeah, you're, just, the, you're the new Joan Robinson of uh, <laughs> economics and, and at least... Greg knows exactly who, of whom I speak. <laughs> I, I'm moving on quickly because I sense that was a sledge. Anyway. It's not a sledge. We are, we it's, are... Is it? Greg, it's not a sledge, is it? <laughs> no. Well, I can never be quite sure when it comes from you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm 100% convinced that was a sledge. Anyway, but Shane's right. Wind up, Catherine. Let's get to the next question. So Greg alluded to it a second ago. Obviously, the Reserve Bank, Philip Lowe, most popular man in Australia at present time, and uh, the rest of his board elected to increase the cash rate again this week. Is this, what are we up to? Is this 10? 10 in a row. 10 in a row. If we don't count. 10 in a row. They don't meet. Well, they don't meet, so So we can't. 10 meetings in a row. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Although there was Um, some interesting shifts in language. uh, There certainly was. Today, just put in context, on an average mortgage, the interest repayment increase because of Tuesday Tuesday. is now 54%. That's what. What, it's gone up by 54%? 54%. (gasps) I was going to say a rude word, but then I thought I better not. Well, by fifty four percent. Yes, yeah. that's right. Crikey. Crikey, yeah, that is well. Quoting another great Australian economist, well, there, Steve Irwin. Ind- yeah. Indeed. Uh, so, okay, so we've had ten in a row increases in the cash rate. Greg, you kick us off with this because mm. you you basically nudged us there in your answer for the to the last question. Is there a better way than uh, you know? these uh, hikes in interest rates, is there a better way to uh, curb inflation than what the bank is currently doing? Yes and no. Um, oh, have a bobbage <laughs> oh, way. Just no. Yes, I think there is, um, purely because, um, you know, I don't want to say that interest rates shouldn't have gone up. I mean, at, at 0.1%, that was basically free money and not sustainable in the long term and, you know, it was at a rate that we only got to because there was a global pandemic and everything was shut down and, you know, we're all scared to hell. Um, But raising them uh, 10 times in a row, 350 basis points, as Shane says, a massive increase in people's mortgages. And what it really is doing is hurting an actual small percentage of mortgage holders, especially people who basically have taken out a loan sort of in the last four years, you know, when when interest rates were lower than they currently are now, whereas the majority of people, when they first took out their loan, it was interest rates were at where they are now or a bit higher. And so in a sense, they had at least some sort of buffer and, you know, they're sort of back to where they were when they started, where everyone else is, it's just got progressively worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Um, it's a real sort of um, burden on a small percentage of Australians to try and slow what is a global 
issue of, of inflation. Now, there are a number of things that could be done um, that were actually done during the pandemic for different reasons. You know, there's often talk that the government can't do anything about prices. Well, they can do things that affect inflation, such as they could... Spend less. Well, no, I'm, they could directly do things to do with, say, the cost of childcare that actually historically has had oh, yeah. massive impacts on reducing inflation. If It's almost a case of do you want to... If you want to reduce the inflation number and the impact of of cost of living on households, there are things you can do that will directly reduce the inflation number. Now, they might indirectly increase demand in the economy that in some ways uh, counterbalances that, but it, it, the direct impact would be greater. You know, if you wanted to get really... Um, uh, bolshy about things. You could actually use the tax system to try and do it. I doubt mm. that would ever occur, but, you know, there's... Um, increased taxes. You could in increase mm. taxes. Mm. Um, but sort of going back to what I was saying is that uh, the Reserve Bank to me is acting like it is 1978 and the unions have got control and wages are going up massively and so we have to hike interest rates to stop everyone from having too much money and we got to basically kill the economy to save it, a little bit also like at the end of the 80s. Mm. And I'm just like, well, this is a different different style of inflation and yet I think they've trapped themselves into the same curative methods and and we'll get to this a bit later. I'm a bit worried about where it's going to, to get to. Mm -hmm. yeah, is I'm not, this a different? I'm not convinced. Yeah. I'm not convinced because, no? <clears throat> look, um, and you look at, say, the demand that's in the economy like we even had some retail figures out today, and the step up in spending by people across everything is way above where it was pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. So there, there has been a step up in spending, and that's what the RBA is worried about. Yes, we're worried about those. Yeah, but that's a dollar amount, isn't it? It's not the And real volume. turn. In volume, it has. It really has. Like the, there is a reason Woolworths and Coles have done really well through the entire COVID period because of the increase in that space. Mm. Even in the um, the discretionary spend, you can see that it has picked up and it is now back above where it was pre-COVID. Um, you get then into, yep, the poor mortgage holders, they are absolutely copying it. And That's, there are a lot yeah. of key measures now of financial um, pressure. Suicide Prevention Australia this week, it's written to feel low mm, and low turned that. around within yeah. 24 hours and said, yep, I will meet you because they are picking up of the financial pressures that are coming through. Mm. But business is also affected by interest rates. I was talking to one of the nation's biggest bankers last week and they haven't seen the pressure through small business. Small business go down first. Mm. It's not mortgage holders. It is the small business operator who goes first in a rate cycle increase or a recession Yeah, because they are acting on lower margins. And Mortgage holders in this country, they'll sell kidneys before they mm. give up on a mortgage. And that's why this country's had such extraordinarily low default rates, mm. even through like the 1989, 1991 recession. Mm. So, and the broader point is, what else is the Reserve Bank going to do? There have been these suggestions over the last few months, oh, you could vary the rate of GST or income tax rates, which that's never going to fly through a mm. democratic process. Mm. 
people forget, well, hold on, if you're going to reduce spending, why don't you cut welfare entitlements? If you're going to increase tax, you can do it the other way. And I haven't seen anyone come out and say, oh, what a good idea that we bash the poor even more. I'm not saying that's what they should do, but mm. that is no, no, the corollary just, of yeah. this whole argument. And then yeah. I come back to Churchill saying, well, this is the worst, democracy is the worst process yeah, we've except got. For except else. for everything else. Yeah. And then we go, so what if the bank isn't targeting interest inflation, what should it be doing? Mm. Should it be targeting the money supply? Well, we saw how uh, Friedman and co went through the 70s because they couldn't do it. Well, we mm. go back even further to Great Depression mm. where, look, we get out of the way and don't support any sort of thing. And uh, the RBA chairman at the time helped make the um, unemployment in this country go to more than 30%. Mm. So before tinkering with something, you want to have an alternative mm. and one that will stand up to a bit of scrutiny. And that's like, I'm not saying that inflation targeting is the be all and end all, and that's what the RBA should be changing its mandate. But you're going to have to have a serious discussion about it, not shoot off the hip because there's collateral damage. And we're seeing collateral damage right now mm. with the fact that the entire Australian economy is predicated around interest rates yeah. and how it affects the housing sector. I think that tells you more about the problems of the structure of the Australian economy yeah. than about yeah. the Reserve Bank. Yeah, well, that's that's a really interesting point uh, because oh, it's... Sorry, I didn't mean to make an interesting <laughs> point. I'll try not to. Shot through the heart and you're to blame. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, that point so, uh, Yes. Yeah. Oh, look, uh, well, we got to, uh, you know, in fairness, we got to question three. We did. Before we, we did. hit the 80s playlist. But anyway, that's okay. So, I yeah. forgot to tell you. Oh. Highest interest rate, the, we're now the cash rate at 3.6%. Yes. Right. Last time it was this high, 2012. We've just got Harry Styles in the country. Yes. 2012. One Direction had two number one albums. Oh, my God. Two? Two. two. They had two albums went like six, eight months apart, go number one. The last time the interest rates were this high, the number one single was Flow Rider with Whistle. <laughs> and there is the, the only ones whistling are people getting their mortgage repayments going, that's out of control. <laughs> well, that, that... So you're basically saying deport Harry Styles and, and things will fix the, improve. Well, 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 certainly <laughs> consumption would settle. <laughs> consumption well, like, yeah. And my bank balance would be better off not supplying uh, merchandise sales to uh, someone who's domiciled for tax purposes overseas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, love you, Harry. If you happen to be listening, love your work. Um, He's yeah, a big fan. Well, obviously. Um I know this is. It's just occurred to me that all of these questions are absolute massive downers. But anyway, we, mm. we're leaning in. Okay, well, I'm trying to le- we're, we're I'm leaning in the mood. For no, it. no, you I'm have to. Thank you, yeah. as always. Um, related, obviously, to the question of inflation targeting and and people being stretched, is what happens. What is the impact in the Australian economy? Obviously, the bank is trying to slow the economy. That's you know what the interventions are about. Uh, prospects for don't even like the word, a recession. Greg. Um, this is our first single, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you say you want a recession. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I'd, I'd, it's it's always annoying being a, an economist who's sort of predicting a recession because uh, the economists are much better at predicting recessions than actually... Um, well, you say it often enough, you'll yeah, get it right eventually. Exactly. Oh, eventually. Yeah. Um, mm. It also depends on what you mean. 
um, because the domestic economy already went backwards in the December quarter, went backwards by about 0.5%. Um, the GDP actually went up, but that was purely because of net exports kept us chugging along. So that's not a good thing um, In if you take into account uh, population growth. Uh, the economy didn't grow at all, including trade, so that's not a great sign. And the Reserve Bank itself is, is predicting um, essentially two years of annual growth below 2%, which is generally associated with a recession. At 1.5. Yeah. And, and is, lucky Phil is, Lowe said today, below trend. Mm. And another a measure of recession that I generally stick by is one uh, that uh, US economist Claudius Arm uses, where basically if unemployment rises by around 0.5% in any one year, that's a good indicator of recession. So that essentially is saying if we get because there's a bit of a formula, but essentially if we get about three months of unemployment at 4% or higher this year, you could say we're in sort of recession territory. Now, whether or not that means we'll have GDP going backwards mm. to two, consecutive well, quarters, who cares if, quarters if unemployment is, yeah. is rising like that? To be honest, I don't care about GDP if it's been um, driven by exports and so forth. I care more about what's happening in to actual workers and people's jobs. Um, so I think the risks of that occurring are certainly higher than they were um, six months ago or even when we lasted our, our last podcast together. And I don't think they were eased any by the Reserve Bank raising it again as they did this week um, because the latest wage growth figures were a bit below what everyone was expecting, unemployment ticked up, although that can be a bit of a, a chocolate a wheel of sort of a thing. Mm. Could be a bit of a noise, but um, it's noise in the wrong direction, not the one direction. <laughs> I saw you. Did I say a I word? Yep. <laughs> say a word. All the bad noise is going in one direction. And um, so the risks, I think, are, are heightened. I, I must admit I haven't been looking at, at what the bond market is, is suggesting, probably because the bond market doesn't has no idea at the moment. Everything's a bit up in the air. But certainly I think given what I thought were pretty crappy um, national counts um, where it seemed to have slowed a little bit faster than perhaps they would have mm. liked and in areas that they wouldn't have liked to see it slowing, especially that domestic economy aspect. Mm -hmm. You don't want your domestic economy of consumption and investment to be going backwards and going, oh, well, we exported a hell of a lot of iron ore and coal, so we're doing okay, and we imported a bit less than mm. we had been. Mm. That's not a great thing. Now, whether we'll get to a point of it being an actual recession, everyone's going, yep, we're in a recession, I think is somewhat irrelevant because, well, the Reserve Bank is saying things are going to slow and they're going to be slowing at points where whether or not we're in one, people are going to feel like we're in one, mm. I think. Mm. Yeah. I, and, I and think yeah. it's really difficult. Yep. Definitionally, it's really difficult for yeah. Australia to get there because of the population growth. Mm. So mm. what was it? Westpac estimated 400,000 people came into the country over the last 12 months. That's 400,000 consumers. That's yep. four, There's a reason the rental market is as tight as the proverbial. Mm. Um, why the property market is where it is. So... If you've got population growth, which is one and a half to 1.7%, mm. to get growth below that mm. is Hard. difficult. But yeah. Greg's point on a per capita recession, 
way. And we went through that in 2018 when mm. the Reserve Bank sat on its yeah. heels and was saying, well, the next move in rates is going to be up. And then yeah. 12 months later, oh, we're going to halve them. Mm. They got caught in that space as well mm. um, because, yeah, it do- the official figures don't say it, but you feel like it. And and I'm interested too because obviously the bank's language, the explanation for the rate decision this week, there was some changes in emphasis. Obviously, you know, it, statements are descriptions of conditions. So, and but they did describe conditions. Well, well, yeah. conditions are not static. But I, mm. I wondered in terms of the tone of it um, whether there was almost a confidence effect behind some of the language, you know, because obviously the, the statement, the, the one prior to this one was, uh, you know, brace yourself, strap in, you know, there'll be a number of hikes here. I don't know if Lowe actually quite said strap in. No, he in, didn't say strap in. Well, but you know and Reserve I mean? Bank speaks, was, putting a plural to the number of interest plural, rates yeah. is strap yourselves in. <laughs> strap in, right? Especially to the bond uh, market yeah. <laughs> traders, is, uh, they, they certainly strap themselves No, exactly. In. So I was sort of interested in, in just a little bit of softening at the mm. edges uh, in some of that language. Yeah. What did you make of that, Yeah, no, you're definitely right. There was the softening around wages. There was a softening around the tightness of the labour market. There was a softening around inflation. There was a softening around growth. And about the only thing they remained hyper-positive was about business investment, mm. which goes back to uh, to Greg's view that he's never seen a, a boatload of iron ore or coal that he's loved. So he, he's, got, he's got his own <laughs> issues. <laughs> but that positivity was only really contained in that one area. Yeah. And so all the others, like at the end of the day, growth, jobs growth, wages growth, mm. inflation they're the four big indicators for the bank, and yep. they've all gone. Oh yeah, they're a bit softer than we uh, were thinking. Um, yeah, the data, the data's uh, not on their side. Mm. And yet there was no sense of well, let's wait a month. You know, it was which I, I think if there was an option for them to not to go ten in a row, it was this month to say. I, I think last month. Force them into this month. Yeah, but next that, month's that, the one that, and they that's could becoming do. a bit of the problem, I think, with the Reserve Bank is, uh, and this has certainly been one of the calls with with regards to the Reserve Bank um, review is that they actually should start putting out some forward guidance that is a bit more than oh shit they put an S yeah. on the end of interest rates, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which really had everyone going, oh, where'd that come from? Um, and it becomes, oh, the market was pricing in a 75% chance of an interest rate rise and I can't remember the last time the Reserve Bank didn't do what the market kind of Not at 75, 50-50. Yeah. 50-50 maybe, but, way. you know, if mm. it's one way, they never They never, they never want to disappoint the market. Yeah, and it's, well, and it's a case of, yeah, you're right. What they said last time meant that they were going to do it this time regardless of the fact that in between then came out some figures that were not quite up to what they were expecting. You well, think, well, February's a short month, you know. <laughs> What the hell? Let's just hit them again. Let's go to 350 basis points because that'll do the trick. You well, know, well, well, we'll see whether, you know, February, the shortest month, winds up with April, the cruelest month. That's T.S. Eliot, I think, isn't it? Well, we're in the Ides of March next anyway, week, so come Ides, on. Oh, my God. Anyway. Well, Ides of March. Oh, look, we, oh, my God. This is the last meeting before the RBA review goes to Jim oh, Chalmers. Oh, indeed. Indeed. That's interesting um, so too. the... Uh, panel members have already said, like, we're going to give Jim Chalmers probably two sets of recommendations. One, easy, you won't probably have to change any legislation. And two, 
Yeah, you might have to change legislation. This yeah. is an act mm. that really hasn't altered since it was put in place in 1959. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm. So interesting. Anyway, um, so we've got... So there's no one this ever is, no, the Reserve well, Bank. Is, <laughs> I, like, I like the idea of two sets of recommendations with banking. It sounds like, oh, we've got two sets of accounts, one for the tax office and one for you. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes, thoughts and prayers, Reserve Bank. Um, uh, so anyway, now we've got two questions to go and because we're raving... Um, uh, Short answers. Short answers, okay. So um, interested in this one. Uh, obviously, if you've been paying attention to the news, you guys will be fully across the fact that uh, the Albanese government has changed the tax arrangements uh, or will in 2025 change the tax arrangements for superannuation account holders with balances over $3 million, basically reducing the generosity of the tax concessions. Um, I just think it, it was quite an interesting model where the Prime Minister, cognizant of the fact that he would be accused of breaking an election promise, came out and said, we intend to do this, legislate it, it'll take effect in 2025, brackets, you guys will get to vote on this at an election. I'm just interested not so much in what we think of the measure, because we could do a whole conversation about that, but, uh, but what we think of the model, because obviously... We'll land, our question five will be about the budget and where we think the budget will go. With our thinking caps on about that, right, you're Jim Chalmers, you're trying to put a budget together, you've got nuclear submarines uh, as well as all of the kind of embedded structural spending. I'm just interested whether we think this model provides the government a bit of room to move by doing a bit more on concessions or a bit more on other things that would sort of provide some structural repair to the budget. Greg, what do you think? I think it, what surprised me about it was it happened pretty quickly, went from sort of zero to 100 fairly quickly in terms of, uh, oh, there's whispers about it to suddenly, oh, we got a press conference and they're doing it. And, I mean, it had sort of been there but not really. And so that kind of surprised me in that they didn't, spend a long time, you know, in a sense, flying test balloons and seeing what the... Well, you can't fly balloons anymore. Mate. No, they true. Get They'll shot get shot down. down. Exactly. Shot down. UFOs. Exactly. You get um, an extensive Fox so, News but, yeah, segment I, if yes. you have a balloon in the sky, just to be clear. I think also they, and this is sort of just to go to the policy, it was almost the smallest thing they could sure. just about do. But, and so it was done in a way. What do you think yeah, of the model? And so I think they chose that small thing to see, okay, what's going to happen? They knew they were going to get smashed by certain media organisations and they did. And after enduring a whole lot of commentary, oh, they've had a bad week, the news poll came out and it was like, actually, people didn't really seem to be too against it, which perhaps will embolden them for mm. future. I, th okay. I think you're right, so. especially that... Oh, we, you know, maybe it's a bit of a fudge of, oh, we didn't break our promise because it's only coming in after the election where you're legislating now. I mean, yeah, I'm, to be honest, I don't care too much about that. I think if it's a, if it's a good policy, do it and you're aware whether it's a broken promise or not. Um, but I think that is a kind of a smart way of doing it. Mm -hmm. um, might be something that they would be thinking of if they were going to do any tinkering, changing to the stage three where they'll say, well, one, we are keeping the stage three, it's just a different thing and all the changes will come in. Maybe they can delay it a year, I don't know. You know I think it is a smart way of doing it mm. and it, I think they might be 
a little bit emboldened by the fact that for all the noise, and there was a hell of a lot of noise mm. against it. Even more than values-based capitalism. Yes. Mm. But I think the but big it, problem is I don't think this was a big issue in the election. I couldn't remember it being raised, really. You guys might have been a bit more attuned to it, but I was sort of asking people, can you remember this being a thing that they had to sort of print on the wall that they would not change? Whereas I think perhaps they, they might have a trickier th- um, yeah, go with other things. areas. But yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. it, it is okay. an interesting model. So, and So Greg's a maybe, maybe emboldened. Yeah. Shane, what are you? There's still a lot to go. Next week the PC report is going to come out, which the... Pro- Productivity Commission keeps... Sorry, which Chalmers has had for about a month. That is going to contain a lot of different proposals. Mm. So I think it there's a bit of kite flying to see how what the sort of reaction is, but I'm not convinced that they are emboldened enough to go for a let's have a huge tax debate mm-hmm. around, which is what mm. the country needs, but we've been there, done that, and it's uh, ended in failure for all involved. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think there's some kite flying. And there's a lot of comparison, say, with 2016 when Morrison and Turnbull put up changes to superannuation, which in dollar terms are larger than these ones. Yeah. And that really hurt the Liberal Party because it attacked their base. Their base. Yeah. This yeah. does not attack the Labor base. So that's the other thing. When they have to make tough decisions about the people who did vote for yeah. them, yeah. that will that's be, that's the real test. And we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, no, you're quite right. And so let's just finish with the budget. What broadly? May. May. There'll be another budget. Well, it's second, like Tuesday. second Tuesday of May. Literally, yeah. it'll be in five minutes. Feels like that. What do we? What do we? Obviously, this is a really difficult budget if you're Jim Chalmers because you've got a lot of money going out and not a lot of money coming in. No, they'll have a small deficit. Yeah. They will definitely have yeah. a small oh, deficit. Oh, based on inflation. Uh, inflation is great for. Yes. Oh yes, inflation of course for a budget. Yes. Yeah, yes. for a budget. Yes. But um, yes. what is it? We've been thinking the AUKUS. Yeah, I'm thinking nuclear is coming submarines. up. That's, that's, yeah, they're the, going to have to start putting some money away in that space, yeah. and we we may see the first elements of that. Yeah, I suspect we will. Yeah, but well, the announcement's going to come. Yeah. next next week. It looks like now. Um, so yeah, they, these big decisions, the big costly decisions, are coming. Yes, but again, like, and the economy is going to be a bit weaker, but inflation. And wages growth is still stronger than what yeah. was in the budget. So that will help them along the, the fact that the iron ore and coal that uh, Greg despises, yeah. the, those prices have kept up. Yep. yep. So not as big a massacre as one might expect. No. But again, because he's got the PC report, he's got the white employment white paper coming. This is yes. Chalmers in the second half of the year. There's an intergenerational report coming up. He's still got a few building blocks that he has to put in place before he can mount some sort of... uh, Broader argument about where things ought to go. Yes, Greg? Yeah, it it probably will be a bit of a... If the the nuke subs have to come in now, but there may be a little bit of a placeholder Mm. sense about the budget. Um, And, and, you know, when I was talking about sort of uh, feeling emboldened, I don't think I get the feeling... Oddly, that there was a greater likelihood of them doing some of the stationary taxes in the last budget than there is now. It seems to have really, perhaps because they're not going to do two in one go and having done superannuation, 
they'll wait a bit for fighting the stage yeah. three tax. And stage so, three, they've still it, got, comes, it comes down yeah. to people earning 45K. It, yeah. It's a much bigger, much yeah, bigger but, exercise. Uh, but, but, yeah, and we'll give it, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, you don't need to ax it. You can just yeah, yeah, can yeah, you can vary. I, I, but I think, yeah, it's uh, he's going to want to tread that nice balance of look at us, we're not like um, Howard and Costello in the mining boom where we were going the opposite way to the Reserve Bank and we were fueling, you know, he will say they were fueling inflation. We're being responsible. We're keeping those pressures down. But also at the same time, you're going to have to all the, any spending I think is all going to be targeted towards reducing that cost of living, which might come in, as I was saying before, you know, if you're going to say, well, we're going to do something with childcare because that immediately reduces cost of living pressures and you can, and obviously there are multiple benefits actually for labour force and, and things like that. So, yeah, I, I mean... Will it be an exciting budget? I mean, it's 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 not Are a budget that brings exciting? home the bacon. It's not They're a combination of anything. It's 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 what nine months since his last one. So, and I hate to sort of use the narrative sort of term, but mm. it's what do you do at this point? It's kind of just let's not scare the horses a bit um, and reassure them, and then. But I think the next year's one is the one that perhaps is the bigger. The one I'm sort of more mm. anticipating, if mm. you can anticipate a budget, mm. yeah. Which, of course, all three of us do. Of we, we love, and everyone listening, we do. It's an exciting, exactly. such an exciting day. And speaking of everyone listening, uh, oh my God, I've fallen off the front of the sentence for my One Direction reference. You know, you're beautiful. Oh, words. Well, I'll take your, wo- <laughs> words. Take your word. Words. <laughs> Something. Anyway, you know you're beautiful. Listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you to these wonderful chaps for coming in uh, on a really busy day for both of them, obviously, because of uh, interest rate rises and other things. Thank you to Miles Martignoni, who's the EP of this show. Uh, thank you to you guys for listening, sharing, etc. We will be back next week. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.